listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. For those of you that don't know, my name is Rod Jensen. I am your home group's pastor. And yes, I am the same guy that was up here a couple weeks ago trying to set an all-time record for longest sermon in the history of real life. I want you to know that I have been wired. And if it gets going too long, I'm going to start getting these shocks. And when I fall into submission, you are allowed to go home. So <laughs> bear with me, please. I can get long-winded. Hey, uh, when you, well, let's first, let's look at the, the uh, different shapes. Aaron did a fantastic job last week of bringing the three different shapes together. Now, you have to understand, guys, ever since college, if I read a book, well, how does that relate to hoops? If I saw a movie, does that relate to hoops? It could be math. Well, yeah, it was statistics. So I look at these shapes right here, and I look at the square, and we've talked. That's our fundamental stage. That's the beginning. That's what we're really working on ourselves. And then the circle was healthy community. So can you relate that to a team? Can you relate that to a business? Can you relate that to a family? Yeah, I think you can. When we recruit high school players from across the country, we are taking the best player off of that team. Now, I hate to tell you this, but they usually come to us a little bit coddled and a whole bunch spoiled. They're selfish. They think it's all about me. So we really have to break that down. And along with our fundamentals of basketball, our offensive fundamentals, our defensive fundamentals, we have to start sharing the team vision. And that's healthy community. So if you have a healthy community, you have a chance to be a pretty good team. Now, what I like where we're at now, the triangle, upperclassmen. They've been through your system. They know it inside out. They believe in it. They want to share it. They have figured out it's not about me. It's about we if we're going to be successful. They take those young pups. They take them under the wing. They mentor them. They bring them along. That's when you have a chance to be a, half, a halfway decent basketball team. Okay? Now, we are in, well, let's, let's, uh, let's step up. Let's go back even more. When you move as much as we do, there's two things that you're always looking for right away, a home and a church. Well, five years ago when we came to Pullman, we had a friend give us a list of five churches to check out. Now, I don't believe they were in any order, but at the top was real life. And I can remember driving up to SEL and we were getting out of the car and next to us was a young couple who are trying to get their young kids out of their safety seats and get them going. And you know how hectic that is, but I'll be a son of a gun if they didn't look up and greet us with a smile. Hey, how you doing? That, that meant a lot. Then as we walked up to the front doors of SEL, there were some greeters there. And those greeters had a smile on their face, they had an outstretched hand, and they just, they just welcomed us like this was home and we hadn't even been in the building yet. Well, then we go inside and the worship, my, are, are these guys talented or what? And they're so good and they're just loud enough 
that Rod can sing and not embarrass himself or his wife. Now, the sermon right out of the Bible, right out of the Bible, I'm pretty sure it was Aaron, and he did a fantastic job. If it wasn't right out of the Bible, that would have been a deal breaker if it had not, and we would have gone elsewhere. So then when when the service was over, we were approached by a couple. They knew we were new. They introduced themselves. And after about five minutes, we felt so comfortable with these guys that we let them know the day prior to, we had found out our oldest daughter had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. So they asked us, hey, can we pray for you? Can we pray for your daughter, Kate? They prayed. We became great friends, and we joined their home group down the road. So that was, that was really, really, really good, okay? So remember now, how did we, so how does Aaron come up with these sermon topics? We've been going a long time. This is week number 15. Now, I can imagine number one, two, three, four, five, they, hey, they're easy. They just keep, but man, we're at number 15. What are we going to talk about? So c- can we show up this slide? I can, I can picture Aaron working. It's three o'clock in the morning. I got to come up with another. There's still one more after this. Let's see. Only celebrate slash greet those who look like me. Nah, cross it off. That's, that's not going to work. That's going to work. How, how about another try? Let's go. Only celebrate those who think like me. No, 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 no. That's not real life. We don't, we don't want to do that. Let's try this one. Only celebrate those with my political beliefs. Ooh, hot topic. No, that's not. They're certainly not going to give me that topic. Cross that one off. Okay, fourth one. What do we got here? Celebrate others. Celebrate others. Now that has a real life tone, philosophy, love behind it. Others. I want you to remember the words celebrate others, okay? Let's go to Galatians. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Neighbor is highlighted. Please remember that. As yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. All right. I'm going to give you one of those my therefore statement. Okay. Therefore, others and neighbors are anyone you come in contact with. Anyone. And Jesus wants you to love them like he loves you. Okay? Real important. That's a therefore statement. We got to make sure we get that down. It's very, very important. Now, several sermons ago, Josh talked about empathy, how empathy was the gateway to compassion. 
and compassion. Oh, Jesus gave compassion. But what I like is the where Josh took it. He, I mean, he set it up, he set it up brilliantly because he figured out that anytime Jesus gave compassion, he had to first see who needed compassion. Wow. It went something like this. When he saw the crowds, when the Lord saw her, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, when Jesus saw her weeping. Now, I talked for 43 years. I talked about vision so much. It was incredible. My belief is that if the offense has vision, they're going to be successful. If the defense can take away that vision, you're going to be successful. Now, this is what I mean by that. If I catch the ball here and I turn and face and I look at the basket and I can see the basket, if I'm within my range, I'm going to tee it up, I'm going to shoot it, and there's a good chance it's going to go in. Now, maybe for whatever reason, I don't think that's my shot. But still in this position with my vision on the basket, with my peripheral vision, I can see everything happening on the right wing. I can see everything happening on the left wing. I can see how the bigs are being played. I can decide which way to go to get the ball inside. I can make decisions because I can see opportunity. Now, if you're playing against one of my teams, this position right here, we are going to get up in your grill. We are going to get in your space. We are going to make you uncomfortable. So now you have to turn away. Now your vision is limited. You cannot see opportunity. If I said it one time, I said it a million times, you can't make a play you don't or can't see. Watch this clip. I think it explains it. To see the video clip that Rod Jensen is referring to, click on the link that is included in the podcast description. Now, back to the sermon. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what. If you go on YouTube, you can't believe some of the things you see. People on cell phones running into walls, doors, tripping over brick uh, embankments and falling into ponds, you name it, it happens. Whatever it is is keeping you distracted, okay? Now, in that little stunt right there, everybody was concerned with the gorilla, and I understand that. But for me, again, you got to take it farther, okay? You didn't see the gorilla, fine. But how many others and how many neighbors did you walk by without acknowledging, without a hello, without a, how you doing? A tip of the hat, whatever, just to make some kind of acknowledgement that you were aware of that person. Now, who knows, the next day you might see them again and their voice is saying, well, man, they said hello yesterday, they said hello today. Well, hello, how you doing? Maybe that opportunity led to a conversation which led to a friendship which led to give you the opportunity to invite somebody to real life. Who knows? Maybe invite somebody to the Lord. But it will never happen if you don't have vision. 
And whatever, whether it's cell phone or earbuds, I tell you what, I, when I, over at WSU, when I was coaching over there, I had so much fun with this. I would be like, hey, how you doing? And they'd, they'd be startled. Like, whoa, you're talking to me? Yeah, how you doing? Just try it out and see what happens. It's, it's really, it can, it can be fun, but at the same time, it gives you opportunities. So again, you can't make a play you can't see. So let's see, let's get our vision up. Can we get a picture of John Wooden up here? Hey, who knows who Coach Wooden is? Okay, that shows your age. Now, <laughs> Coach Wooden was one of the all-time great basketball coaches in the history of college basketball. And he was not ashamed to let the world know that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. It was the late 60s and early 70s. Now, get, this is unbelievable. His teams at UCLA won 10 national titles in 12 years. Now, that's, that's, that's almost absurd. Well, when one of his assistant coaches, Dale Brown, was hired at LSU, everybody wants to know the secret. Well, wh why are you guys so good? Well, they had good players. Believe me, they had good players. But you got to coach and get those guys all on the same page. He did a marvelous job. And when he was asked that question, I know the reporter was waiting for, well, we had this special offense that nobody, we, we had this, this defense, nobody could score. It had nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Let's show, let's show the quote from uh, Coach Brown. The greatest lesson I learned from Coach was to love what you were doing every day and love people. Many times when the waiter was pouring water for us in a restaurant, coach would say thank you while everyone else at the table just kept talking. Everyone felt his love for people from those he didn't really know to his buddies. Coach Wooden saw and was kind to all he came in contact with. Amazing. Now, picture this. Four high school basketball players hanging out at a friend's house. We were best friends. We were teammates. And somebody comes up with the idea, let's call Coach Wooden. Let's wish him luck. Let's wish the team luck. Now, it seems like every time I tell a story, I date myself. But here we go again. So we call information. You guys remember that? We call information. Hello. Do you have a John R. Wooden that lives in Reseda? Well, yes, I do. Oh, geez, oh. <laughs> this, might, this might actually work. Would you like me to connect you? Yes, please. So now the phone's ringing. It gets picked up, and we hear a hello. It's not Coach. Mrs. Wooden, is Coach Wooden available? I hear her set down the phone. John, it's for you. And he must have been in the back of their condo. They lived in a condo. And it took him a little while, to, but he picked up the phone. This is Coach Wooden. And we, ex we explained to him who we were, and we just wanted to wish him luck in the upcoming tournament. And I'll be a son of a gun if that guy doesn't start asking us questions about ourselves. Tell me a little bit about your season. How'd you guys do? Hey, what years are you going to school? Are you going to continue playing? And we, 
Guys, we were on the phone for like 10, 15 minutes. Greatest coach ever. We're fired up. Now, please, you got, this is, this is, you got to understand, this was not a photo op. This wasn't set up to make Coach Wooden look good. This was Coach Wooden celebrating others when there was no one around. This is who he was. So if it was a waiter serving him, thank you. If he saw you on the street, he would acknowledge you. He got it. He got it, and he was a difference maker in a lot of people's lives. Let's go to James 21, or 2, 1 through 4. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy and old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? If Coach Wooden, if in his mind, his kindness, his celebration of others was only for the media, we would have never talked to him. His phone would have been unlisted. If Coach Wooden thought his kindness and his graciousness was only to his family or only to his team or only to whatever that might be, then you don't get it. You don't get it. He was the same way with everyone he came in contact with. That was his nature. He wanted to show people what it was to be loved by Jesus Christ. Now, we were sitting, we were in our home group having a great, we have a lot of great discussions. Michelle Lewis said something about praying for servers in restaurants. And, you know, some, it hit me. It, it was like, kind of, what the, and so I came up my, with my own rendition, and anytime we go out to eat, we try to get in the habit of asking the server their name, Joe. Well, Joe, thank you for bringing us our food. We're going to pray for our food. Is there anything we can pray for you? Now, sometimes you get the old Heisman. Oh, boy, they're uncomfortable. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to get over here. I gotta, they want to get away. But I'm telling you, 90 to 95% of the time, there will be a prayer request. And then they'll give us the prayer request. They'll go to their other tables. We'll pray for our food. We'll pray for the request. Everybody's good. And we continue on. Now, Brenda and I have been up in Idaho. Well, we've lived in Idaho a, a lot of years before, and then we traveled all over the country and we got back here. And we somehow decided that we wanted to be more Idahoan. So in order to do that, we need to buy a truck. <laughs> so we went down to Lewiston uh, last, it might have been Memorial Day. We were down in Lewiston looking at trucks and, Dag nabbit, they're expensive. Woo! 
But anyways, it's late in the day. If you have ever shopped with my wife, it's a marathon. It's, it's never a sprint. It's a marathon. We're going to go. It's going to be a long day. So we're tired. We're hungry. Our big decision is, are we going to eat in Lewiston or are we going to go up the hill and eat in Moscow? Well, hey, we're hungry. Let's eat now. I'm not going to date myself on this one. I said, Brenda J., get on your phone, Google it. What's, what restaurants are around here? So she gets on her phone. We came up with two choices. We had a Mexican restaurant and we had a Chinese restaurant. Well, I knew where this was going because Brenda J. loves Chinese. But when she eats it, a lot of the time she gets sick. So I'm going, we're going Mexican. So I'm thinking, we're going... And I hear, no, we should do Chinese tonight. It's your funeral. <laughs> so, so we go in, we sit down, and here comes our waitress. She is the lit, most itty-bitty person I've ever seen in my life. And she, kind of, she wasn't moving real well. She's an elderly lady. She was an Asian lady. Her English wasn't very good. But man, her spirit of kindness was unbelievable. And we got talking, left the menu. She came back to take our, our order. And then when she left, between the time she took our order and the time the food came back, guys, I don't know what it was, but I had a conversation going on in my head that was telling me all the reasons why we should not ask this lady if we should pray for her. It was the most unbelievable thing because up to that point, we, we were just doing, we were in a routine. We, were, we wanted to pray for people. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, it was like, no. Tonight, no, no. So here she comes. She's bringing our food. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, what are you even doing here? You're supposed to be at the Mexican restaurant. So I said, May I ask your name? She says, my name is Helen. I said, well, Helen, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you? Wow. She starts crying. She reaches over and hugs me. Climbs over me, hugs Brenda J. Then as she backs up, she says, my husband was just diagnosed with cancer. Would you please pray for my husband? Like, wow. So I already, this is where the servers leave. Not Helen. Helen stayed right there. We're all huddled up on our table. We're praying for Helen. We're praying for Helen's husband. We're praying for the food. And I hope, oh man, I hope, I, I, I got to believe that she was, there was some kind of thankfulness heart that we would celebrate her with prayer. And what's amazing is that we went down to Lewiston to get some kind of a material thing. And we left Lewiston with what transformed to where we really saw what it was to be in the triangle and one of those eternal moments. It, guys, I'm, it's the, it was the best. It was the best. Now, 
you never know who's watching. And believe me, we're sitting there and a minute later, here comes the manager of the store. I saw what you guys did. I wish more people had the courage to do that. Well, it certainly struck home with us. If you think we're going to miss an opportunity to pray for somebody, it's just not going to happen. Okay, what do we got next on the docket here? Woo. All right, let's talk about Galatians 2.11 through 13. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. God's message is for us all. Now, we all have a couple things in common. We are all made in his image. And I just think, I, you know what? I think God sets up there and he says, hey, I created earth as one big neighborhood. And no matter whether, where you're at, whether it's Moscow, Idaho, or somewhere in South Carolina, or somewhere in California, anybody you come in contact with is an other or a neighbor and treat them with the love that I give you. So we need to make sure we are doing that, okay? All right. There's a good book that I just finished reading, and uh, there's a story on it that I think is pretty good. It's kind of apropos to what we're talking about. Bob Goff is, is the author of the book, and he, he's good. People know it. They want him to come and speak. And he lives in San Diego, so he does a lot of flying. Now, picture with me, all of you that have been in airports. If you haven't, uh, hopefully I can paint a picture. We, you, you park your car, and then you get to go to the line. The line, okay? Now, sometimes that line on a holiday might be outside the door. It snakes around those ropes like you're at a ride in Disneyland. It goes on, it goes on, and it goes on. And you got people in that line that are going on business trips. You got people in that line that are going vacationing, people to go see family. You got happy people, you got sad people. But then you got everybody going somewhere, but at that point in time, you're going nowhere. That line doesn't seem to move at all. And now you start, well, I just, I won't say that. Now you start to get upset. And now everybody has something in common, frustration. Why didn't you set the alarm a half an hour earlier? We wouldn't have to go through this stuff. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And the one who takes the brunt of the entire situation is the one at the front of the line, that TSA agent. And he sets up there and he asks you for your idea, ID, trying to figure out who you are. Well, Bob, in that line, was not one to be on a phone or be uh, locked into anything, but he wanted vision. He wanted to see what was going on. And he started to recognize that this agent had the ability to treat everybody in his line the same, with love and respect. And some kind of this warm personality that after you gave him your ID and you stepped away, life was good again. 
So Bob kept visioning this and seeing this. And it was like, I got to meet this guy. So on his next trip, he decides left hand, ID, right hand. He holds out his hand. Hi, I'm Bob. And I just want to say thank you for the way you treat people in your line. The way you treat people shows Jesus' love. Well, this TSA agent gets up off his stool. He comes over to Bob, sticks his nose in his chest, wraps his arms around him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My name is Adrian. That started a friendship. And the next time Bob goes through, Adrian, how you doing? How's the family? Adrian, how's it going? How's the sale of that house? You get your new house. And this just two minutes, three minutes at a time. Until finally they say, why don't we meet outside the line? <laughs> so they finally did. They became best friends. Their families did Christmases together. They traveled together. And Bob's family brought Adrian's family to the Lord. Now, that's never going to happen if Bob is on his cell phone. If he doesn't have vision and he doesn't read, if he's not saying, hey, how you doing? If he's not creating conversations, if he's not acknowledging everyone, if he's not in tune to Adrian, they never become friends. And there's one less person that calls himself a follower of Jesus. When we give that TSA agent our identification, we are saying basically, this is who we are. In God's eyes, who we are is how we love those we come in contact with. We got to make sure we're doing a good job of celebrating others. Celebrating others. And when we get so good at celebrating others, hey, maybe first do it with the ones you like. Create a habit. Then take that step out and maybe one that's kind of difficult or maybe a stranger or whatever the case might be, but go ahead and step out of your comfort zone and just see what happens. Guys, I swear, when we treat everybody like Jesus treats us, even the difficult ones, we are bringing his kingdom down to earth here and now. Hey, we're going to do some communion. So if you're going to serve, if you'd go back and get ready to go on that, that would be great. Uh, for those of you that are new here, we have an open table. And uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please celebrate with us. But wait uh, with the elements until everybody has theirs. And then we'll take them together. We are in the transition period of home groups. So our questions now, you might be meeting, you might not be meeting, but don't let that stop you, okay? And I'll tell you what, I get all these things on my email, and you can't believe some of the stuff that is on the books for home groups this summer. We got barbecues, we got cookouts in parks, we've got rafting trips, we've got uh, camping trips. There's so much stuff going on in, in, in home groups and doing life together and developing relationships. It never stops. It just slows down a little because some groups are only meeting once a month, once a uh, summer, twice, etc. Now, if you're not meeting, I'm going to give you some unique ideas. How about you talk celebrating others around your dinner table?
Call a family dinner. Call a family night. Uh, maybe if your home group isn't meeting, maybe you could just take, invite a couple from your home group and you could go two-on-two and talk about it, one-on-one. But don't be afraid to push one another at doing a better job of celebrating others. Okay? Okay. So how about some questions? Question number one. What are some things that take away your ability to celebrate others? I hope and pray that you understand the concept of vision. We have to have our eyes up so we can see opportunity. That's one thing that will keep you from doing that. And I think the other one, it happened to be down Lewiston. It wanted to, and that's that little voice in your head. And whatever that little voice is telling you, it's a lie. You can do it. You can do it. Don't be afraid to ask for somebody that you might be able to pray for, whatever. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Number two, what makes some people hard to celebrate? Uh, You know, this is a tough one. I I don't know what rings your bell or or what have you, but for me right now, the political arena is, it's a mess. It's a real mess. And I don't know if I'm that far off and I, I... Somebody might get pissed off at me for saying this, but I think we're so divided right now. I don't think we've ever been this divided since the Civil War. And nobody's, no, everybody's just pointing fingers and blaming. Nobody, how do you celebrate people when you do that? And until we can get back and we're celebrating one another and celebrating ideas and coming up with, with things that are going to work, we're going to stay divided. Now, that's just for me. There might be other things for you. I'm sure there are, but that, doggone it. Don't, don't. Let's, we got to make sure that we are celebrating everyone, everyone, everyone. Question number three, what are some ways you can celebrate the people in your world? Now, I gave you what started with Michelle, and it resonated with me. Maybe that resonates with you. Martha, we can do that. Yeah. Let's go, to, let's go to lunch this afternoon. Let's try it out. How about this? I usually meet with my facilitators during the week at uh, real life away from real life, and that would be the breakfast club. If you ever go there at 6 o'clock in the morning, we could hold a service. There's so many real life people in there. But we usually meet at 6 o'clock. And so at 6 o'clock, if I went through with my server, may I pray for you, Then all of a sudden, somebody comes in at 8 o'clock. Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Can I pray for you? Hold on here. Where where do you go to church? You got them. I just happen to go to real life church. And we meet Thursday nights. We meet Sundays. Love to have you come. Can Can I pick you up? Can I come by and pick you up and bring you? It just leads you into all kinds of different things that you can do. Thoughts. But when you start thinking out of the box and you come up with something, let me know. Because I'm telling you what, what Brenda and I and some of my facilitators and I have felt by just the asking that one question is amazing. It is worth being shut down 99 times to get that one 
unbelievable experience. Okay. During the Last Supper, you know, it's amazing because Jesus is trying to tell us, guys, guys, I'm going to be leaving you. And I don't want you to forget. His guys weren't getting it. You know, they were more concerned who's going to set where when they get to heaven. You know, it's like coaching players. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But I'll tell you, he took a piece of bread. And with it, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember. And on the night that he was betrayed, he then took the wine and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the guidelines you have set forth for us in your word. And you tell us to celebrate others and our neighbors. Lord, I would just ask that we would have confidence this week to look up, to see, and to be difference makers in your kingdom, Lord. Lord, uh, give us courage to say what we might not be used to saying or maybe not be willing. But Lord, I pray that we will see opportunity and act upon it. We give these things to your, in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.